This hour, the podcast is exclusively sponsored by my good friends at Advantage Gold. Advantage Gold is a five-star rated gold company with one-of-a-kind customer service. And when it comes to gold and precious metals, Advantage Gold is the only company I'll work with. Call Advantage Gold today and make sure you let them know that Mark Levin sent you. And now, let's begin. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post... Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. We need to get right to it, and this is the benefit of talk radio in the long-form format. We're going to do something a little different this evening. I always do, but this is especially so. The question I am posing to you, the American people, is whether the Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, is a traitor to the United States. Not just a misguided ideologue, not just an Obama slug, but look all over the world. Look at Afghanistan, look at Russia and Ukraine, look at China poised to attack Taiwan. He's a special pleader for terrorists in the Middle East, the Islamo-Nazi regime in Tehran, the Islamo-Nazi regime in Gaza, the Islamo-Nazi regime in the Palestinian territories. He's in the Middle East right now, spending all of his effort, character assassinating the government of Israel, and today he said something that is even beyond the pale, that the Jews were dehumanized on October 7th, and they shouldn't dehumanize the Palestinians. Anthony Blinken has thwarted a deal between Saudi Arabia and Israel, a peace deal, that would have occurred within a month of Donald Trump's re-election, and now Saudi Arabia is saying no peace unless there's a two-state solution. The Israeli people don't want a two-state solution because they know it's their final solution. And it's remarkable, given the fact that Antony Blinken is responsible for the hiring of an Iranian spy ring in the United States, led by one of his childhood friends, Robert Malley, who had his classification pulled And the administration refuses 
refuses to tell Congress exactly what happened. Now, in the Senate, of course, the Democrats don't care. They're the Praetorian Guard for traitors, for spies, for illegal immigrants, and everything else. The Republicans in the House are having a hell of a time getting any information. And Iran is on the precipice of a nuclear weapon, and I will get to that because a well-respected organization has just announced and put out a report that Iran's potential achievement, finally, of a nuclear weapon is at the quote-unquote extreme danger phase. And Blinken is in the Middle East attacking the only country, the only one that has stood up to Iran and tried to stop them. Certainly Biden has not. So the question on the table that I want you to think about, is Antony Blinken a traitor? Is he the new Alger Hiss? Is that what's going on in our country? In my view, it sure as hell seems so. So we're going to take this step-by-step, America, because this involves our security, this involves our allies, this involves the lives of Americans, and potentially American soldiers, three of whom have already died. And we're going to start tonight with a speech that John McCain gave on the floor of the Senate when Blinken was nominated for Deputy Secretary of State in the Obama administration. We've broken it into three parts. We'll do the best we can to keep it flowing. Got one go. And President, I rise to discuss my opposition to the pending uh, vote concerning Mr. Anthony Tony Blinken who is not only unqualified, but in fact, in my view, uh, one of the worst uh, selections that of a very bad lot that this president has chosen. I hope that many of my colleagues will understand that not often do I come to the floor to oppose a nomination of the president of the United States because I believe that elections have consequences. In this case, This individual has actually been dangerous to America and to the young men and women who are fighting and serving it. Mr. Blinken has been a foreign policy advisor to Vice President Biden since his days in the Senate. But as Robert Gates has noted, Mr. Biden has been, quote, wrong on nearly every major foreign policy and national security issue over the past four decades. At the Special Operations Fund annual meeting on May 6, 2013, Mr. Blinken discussed a number of the administration's achievements, achievements, including one, ending the war in Iraq responsibly, two, setting a clear strategy and date for the withdrawal from Afghanistan, three, decimating al-Qaeda's senior leadership, and four, repairing our alliances and restoring America's standing in the world. That is as is Orwellian as any statement I have ever heard. Each and every issue, the conditions are a far cry from the so-called achievements that Mr. Blinken describes. In his capacity as an assistant to the president and deputy national security advisor, Mr. Blinken has been a functionary and an agent of a U.S. foreign policy that has made the world much less safe today. Let's just review a couple of some of the elements in particular and Mr. Blinken's role in conceptualizing and furthering it. U.S. foreign policy is in a shambles. It's at best a strategic and at worst anti-strategic. 
It lacks any concept of how to obtain our foreign policy goals. This has led to countless foreign policy failures, including the continued slaughter of the Syrian people by President Bashar al-Assad, the Russian reset that culminated in President Putin's invasion of Ukraine, the betrayal of our key allies, especially in Central Europe, not to mention Israel, failing to achieve a status of force agreement that would help to maintain Iraq's security and stability, following similarly unwise strategies in Afghanistan, we will see the same movie in Afghanistan that we saw in Iraq if we have a date-driven withdrawal rather than a status-driven, conditions-driven situation. And our feckless position in negotiations with Iran on nuclear weapons that has failed to produce any progress towards an agreement. I could go into many other failures, such as the vaunted Geneva Convention of 40 Nations that was supposed to help the, or arrange for the transition from power from Bashar Assad. The failure, object failure of the Israeli-Palestinian peace talks and what will be either an imminent failure of Iranian nuclear weapons agreement or an agreement that will be disastrous in the long run. There are two common sayings by the administration officials, not me, that have defined the president's approach to foreign policy, leading from behind and, quote, don't do stupid stuff. These approaches have resulted in a failed foreign policy that has made America and Americans less safe. Even President Obama's most strident supporters have begun to question the president's foreign policy decisions. In an article titled, Damage to Obama's Foreign Policy Has Been Largely Self-Inflicted, the Washington Post's David Ignatius, a key supporter of the administration's foreign policy goals, wrote that, quote, at key turning points in Egypt and Libya during the Arab Spring in Syria, in Ukraine, and yes, in Benghazi, the administration was driven by messaging priorities rather than sound interest-based policy. So let, what, is, what has Mr. Blinken had to say about all of these issues, my friends? Let me give you a few. On Iraq, at the Center for American Progress on March 16, 2012, now I'm not making this one up. Mr. Blinken said, quote, what's beyond debate is that Iraq today is less violent, more democratic, and more prosperous, and the United States more deeply engaged there that at, than at any time in recent history. Less violent, more democratic, and more prosperous. At a White House briefing on March 16, 2012, Mr. Blinken said, and I'm, all these are quotes, President Obama and Vice President Biden come to office with this commitment to end the war, Iraq war responsibly. Both parts of that sentence are critical, in the war, in the war, responsibly. Under the leadership of President Obama and Vice President Biden, who the president asked to oversee our Iraq policy, has made eight trips to Iraq since being elected, we followed that path to the letter. And he went on to say, quote, at every step along the way, many predicted that the violence would return and Iraq would slide backward towards sectarian war. Get this, he said, those predictions proved wrong. Over the past three years, violent, he went on to say, 
Over the past three years, violence has declined and remains at historic lows, even after we completed the drawdown of U.S. forces late last year. Remember, he said this in 2012. Weekly security incidents fell from an average of 1,600 in 2007-2008 to fewer than 100 today. Then he went on to say, and in December, after more than eight wrenching years, President Obama kept his promise to end the war responsibly. And while Iran and Iraq will inevitably be more entwined than we and many of its neighbors would like, he went on to say, one thing we learned over more than eight years in Iraq is that the vast majority of its leaders, including the prime minister, who at that time was Prime Minister Maliki, are first and foremost Iraqi nationalists and resistance to outside influence from anywhere, starting with Iran. Everybody knows the Iranians are probably the most influential nation in Iraq, certainly under Maliki. In foreign policy on December 27, 2013, he said, if we still had troops in Iraq today, the numbers would have been very small. They would not have been engaged in combat. That would not have been their mission. So the idea that they could or would have done something about the violence that's going on now in Iraq seems to me detached from the reality of what the mission would have been had they stayed in any small number. This is very, very important to follow this. How much time do I have left in this segment, Mr. Producer? So we're going to take a break now, and we'll try and pick up after. It'll be a little bit staccato, just because of the nature of the commercial breaks. But I need you to listen to the whole thing. Because I'm telling you a story about a man who I consider a traitor. An incompetent ideologue that is dragging our country into war and destroying our allies, that is arming up our enemies, effectively arming up our enemies with tens of billions of dollars, and doing absolutely nothing to prevent Iran from getting a nuclear weapon, which they will have. The only country that has done anything to try and prevent Iran from getting a nuclear weapon in the last three years is Israel. And he's trying to destroy Israel. He's character assassinating Israel when he goes to the Middle East. He's trying to get these so-called moderate Arab states to break their alliances with Israel, to make demands of Israel. He's met with Abbas, who's a Holocaust-denying terrorist, telling Abbas that he wants to turn over 30% of Israel to him. This is a disaster. He's not only a traitor. I suggest that he might even be the Aldra Hiss of modern era, We really don't know, because the Senate won't hold any hearings. The House has held very few hearings on this man. And the Democrats are defending him. The media are defending him. The Washington Post has a special pleader for him, Thomas Friedman. But I don't care. We'll be right back. Mark Levin. Folks, by the time you finish listening to this message, the U.S. government will print $8,300 in new money. That's every minute. That's $276 new dollars every single second. Money that won't go to defending our nation or improving our roads. It's wiping away the value of your dollar and your savings. I'm Mark Levin, and I have warned Americans about this crisis. That's why I'm recommending to all my listeners, diversify in precious metals while you still can. 
And the only gold company I strongly support is Advantage Gold, a five-star rated gold company. They can educate you with the real facts, including why gold may be the single best investment of this decade. Call them right now, folks. 800-900-8000. It's that simple. Tell them Mark Levin sent you, and they'll provide you with a 100% free Golden Shield Wealth Plan to show you exactly how to get started investing in gold right now. Don't wait until it's too late. That's 800-900-8000. 800-900-8000. Call them, and remember to tell them you heard it from me, Mark Levin. Performance may vary, of course. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results. You should always consult your financial tax professional. In the last few days, Anthony Blinken has gone to the Middle East. He's met with the inbred who runs Qatar, who is protecting right now three multi-billionaire Hamas leaders. Qatar, which was one of the great funders of Hamas and terrorism, to put pressure on Israel. Not to put pressure on Iran. Not to build a coalition against a nuclearized Iran. Against Israel. He met with Abbas for the second or third time, who was a terrorist, who funded the terrorist attack against the Israeli Olympians in 1972, denies the existence of the Holocaust, and announced 48 hours ago that any government that he would oversee would include Hamas, the Islamic Jihad, and other quote-unquote resistors. Anthony Blinken met with him today. Anthony Blinken, while in an Arab country, announced that while the Jews were dehumanized on October 7th, the Jews need to be careful not to dehumanize the Palestinians. That is pretty sick. In fact, that is contemptible. And he's done more and he has said more. This man is a traitor. He has led the effort to fund Iran. He has made excuses for Iran. He's a special pleader for Iran. He hired a man, Robert Malley who is, in so many ways, like his father, an Iranian regime mouthpiece, who in turn hired three people, at least three people, one of whom was having regular backdoor communications with the regime in Iran. Mali himself was quickly removed. His classification was removed. It's a big secret. We don't know about it. Because in my view, there was some kind of spy ring taking place here. So he's not only a traitor, this is analogous to Alger Hiss. And he doesn't even speak up about Iran and the nuclear weapon. You're going to wake up one day and they're going to say, okay, we got our nuke. More when I return. Folks, by the time you finish listening to this message, the U.S. government will print $8,300 of new money. That's every minute. That's 276 new dollars every single second. Money that won't go to defending our nation or improving our roads. It's wiping away the value of your dollar and your savings. I'm Mark Levin, and I have warned Americans about this crisis. That's why I'm recommending to all my listeners, diversify in precious metals while you still can. And the only gold company I strongly support is Advantage Gold, 
a five-star rated gold company. They can educate you with the real facts, including why gold may be the single best investment of this decade. Call them right now, folks. 800-900-8000. It's that simple. Tell them Mark Levin sent you, and they'll provide you with a 100% free Golden Shield Wealth Plan to show you exactly how to get started investing in gold right now. Don't wait until it's too late. That's 800-900-8000. Call them and remember to tell them you heard it from me, Mark Levin. Performance may vary, of course. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results. You should always consult your financial and tax professional. All right, let's pick up where we left off with McCain on the floor of the Senate exposing the traitor. In my view, the modern-day Aldra Hiss. Anthony Blinken, go. Now... You don't have to take my word for it. Take the word of Secretary Gates, Secretary Panetta, uh, uh, Ambassador Crocker, and any knowledgeable person about Iraq. And I will insert their quotes for the record, including Ambassador Crocker, who said, of course we could have left a residual force behind. Both Panetta and Gates both said the same thing. And at no time was there a public statement by the President of the United States or Mr. Blinken that they wanted to very seriously. In fact, they trumpeted the fact when the last uh, American troop at that time, now we have many back, but when they left bragging about what a great day that it was. On Fox News with Chris Wallace, September 28, 2014, um, uh, Wallace, finally, President Obama spoke to the U.N. this week, but I want to ask you about his speech to the U.N. saying General Assembly last year, in which he said we were ending a decade of war. How could the president have been so wrong? Blinken, the president was exactly right. The president was exactly right. What we're doing is totally different than the last decade. We're not sending hundreds of thousands of American troops back into Iraq or Afghanistan or anywhere else. We're not going to be spending trillions of American dollars. Wallace, Mr. Blinken, he said all our troops have left Iraq. In fact, he has just sent at least 1,600 troops back into Iraq. He said we've dismantled the core of al-Qaeda, and yet the Khorasan group which you struck in the first day is an offshoot of the core of al-Qaeda and, in fact, follows the direct orders of the leader of al-Qaeda, Ayman al-Zawahari. Blinken, Chris, they fled because we were so successful. Keep playing. But you see, ladies and gentlemen, what McCain is pointing out is these are pathological liars who are lying about what's taking place and lying about what they've done. At the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace on October 30th, 2014, the White House ought to, sought to leave a limited residual force in Iraq, but the Iraqi government simply refused to agree to legal protections for such troops, said then Deputy National Security Advisor Tony Blinken, who argued the final decision to withdraw all U.S. troops was not the result of a failure to negotiate. Quote, it's something we worked very hard, he said, but after a 10-year occupation, occupation, the Iraqi body politic did not want us to stay in Iraq. That's what happened. We were focused on acting on ISIL and the threat that it posed more than a year before the fall of Mosul. But the problem began to outrun the solution, outrun the solution fueled by the conflict in Syria. Iraqi result, 
Iraqi reluctance and renewed sectarianism in, a, in Iraq in advance of elections with politicians on all sides playing to their bases. You know, I mean, this, this statements like these, I mean, they are so divorced from reality. One can They're such friggin' liars about one, everything, whether it is the border, whether it is Trump, whether it is the economy. And he's pointing out, look what they're lying about in the Middle East. Go ahead. And by the way, here's what Ryan Crocker said on Iraq. We got the other one. As a quote, as a former ambassador to Iraq 2007-2009, do you think it was a mistake not to push hard for the status of force agreement with Iraq before the U.S. pullout. I would remind my colleagues, Ryan Crocker, probably the most respected member of our diplomatic corps in America, alive today. He said, I do. We could have gotten that agreement if we'd have been a little more persistent, flexible, and creative. But what really cost us was the political withdrawal. We cut off high-level political... The political withdrawal. Everything about Biden now, foreign policy is about politics. It's about Dearborn, Michigan. Secretary That's what it's about. State, Dearborn, Michigan. One visit Go ahead. prior to this current crisis, mainly to lecture the Iraqis on how bad they were, were being for facilitating Iranian weapons systems to Syrian President Bashar Assad. And we left them to their own devices, knowing that left to their own devices, it would not work out well. So you have Mr. Blinken's comments and juxtapose them with those of Ambassador Crocker. Here's what Leon Panetta, Democrat, Secretary All right, let's, let's, uh, let's, let's phase this out. The poor guy's trying to make the case against Blinken. He makes an overwhelming case against Blinken that he's a liar, a fraud, a fool, that he's dangerous to America, he's dangerous to our troops, he's dangerous to our allies, even points out Israel, points out Ukraine. And say what you will about John McCain. In that speech, he was absolutely 100% prescient. Prescient. Now I want you to hear the Prime Minister of Israel. Believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, he's the elected chief executive and commander-in-chief of a country called Israel. Blinken wasn't elected. Biden wasn't elected. Thomas Friedman wasn't elected. Joe Scarborough wasn't elected. Netanyahu was, which is why they trash him, try to destroy him, try to imprison him, lie about him, libel him. Because what they're really doing, while they're focused on him, they're really focused on the Jews in Israel. This is the way they hide their anti-Semitism. This is the way Sanders and Talib and self-hating Jews like Friedman hide their anti-Semitism, their hate for the state of Israel. Now I want you to listen to Netanyahu today via a translator. Go ahead, Mr. Bedusky. Now, for the day after, I would like to clarify that the day after is the day after Hamas. Not part of the Hamas, not half Hamas, but the entire Hamas. And I said to the Secretary of State Blinken that after we eliminate them, we will ensure that the Gaza Strip will be demilitarized forever. 
There is only one strength and power that can ensure that demilitarization. It is only the State of Israel and the IDF. They will act wherever and at any time that is necessary so that the terror will not be visible once again. This is Churchill. This is Churchill, modern-day Churchill, who's standing up to Iran, to the terrorists, the Islamists, and unfortunately, the United States President, Secretary of State, and the United States Department of State. He's the only one. Go ahead. One will be able to continue financing terror and teaching their children such hatred, yes? We will have to exchange UNRWA and bring other people in their place. And I spoke to the Secretary of State about that. We are standing at a, ter- a historic turning point. Either we could go towards light or towards Is this the, the full dark. speech or not, Rich? We'll go to the full speech. Let's do it. Tonight, I want to speak to you about total victory. Our security and the prospects of peace in the Middle East depend on one thing, total victory over Hamas. At the start of the war, I outlined three goals. Destroy Hamas, free the hostages, and ensure that Gaza doesn't pose a threat to Israel any time in the future. Achieving these goals will ensure Israel's security and pave the way for additional historic peace agreements with our Arab neighbors. But peace and security require total victory over Hamas. We cannot accept anything else. Can you imagine what will happen if we don't have total victory? Hamas leaders have already pledged they'll repeat the October 7th massacre over and over and over again. No nation can accept that. We certainly won't. Without total victory, Iran and its terror proxies, Hamas, Hezbollah, the Houthis, and others, will be emboldened to subvert moderate states in the Middle East. They'll threaten the entire free world. Only total victory will prevent that. And total victory is within our reach. Israel's military achievements are truly unprecedented. As John Spencer, head of urban warfare at West Point, noted, it took the United States and its allies nine months to defeat ISIS and Mosul. Mosul is a single city smaller than Gaza, doesn't have any terror tunnels, and it had only 5,000 terrorists. Yet in four months, the IDF has killed, wounded, or captured over 20,000 terrorists, more than half of Hamas's fighting force. We've shattered 18 out of 24 Hamas battalions, and we're mopping up the remaining terrorists with ongoing raids. Our soldiers are systematically destroying the massive underground terror tunnels. Hamas believed this was an impregnable network. Yet our brave soldiers are now physically inside these tunnels. They're demolishing rocket factories, weapon stockpiles, command and control centers, and what Hamas thought were unreachable safe houses. Now I have to tell you, we were repeatedly told by many in the international community that all this simply couldn't be done. They said that a ground offensive would not be effective, that we couldn't enter Gaza City because it would be an abominable death trap, that we couldn't go into the hospitals that served as Hamas headquarters without inflicting massive civilian casualties, and that we couldn't enter the underground terror tunnels because nobody could. Yet our brave soldiers proved them all wrong on all counts. Many also argued that Israel's military campaign would scuttle our ability to release the hostages. Well, they were wrong on this one too. 
Military pressure led to the release of 110 hostages, and only continued military pressure will bring home the remaining hostages. Our soldiers are now in Khan Yunus, Hamas's main stronghold. They'll soon go into Rafah, Hamas's last bastion. They will do so, as they've done up to now, by providing the civilian population safe passage to safe zones. And they'll do so in spite of Hamas's evil attempts to stop the civilians from leaving at gunpoint. Total victory over Hamas will not take years. It will take months. Victory is within reach. And when people talk about the day after, let's be clear about one thing. It's the day after all of Hamas is destroyed. Not half of Hamas, not three quarters of Hamas, all of Hamas. And once Hamas is destroyed, we need to verify that Gaza is demilitarized, that we stamp out any attempt at the resurgence of terror. And history has shown that only Israel can do this by having overriding security control over Gaza. What does that mean? It means that Israel will be in Gaza or act in Gaza at any place, at any time that is necessary to ensure that terrorism doesn't rear its ugly head again. Gaza must have a civilian administration staffed with those who do not support terrorism, fund terrorism, or indoctrinate their children with terrorism in the goal of destroying Israel. In fact, we should seek the very opposite, that school children in Gaza will be educated towards peace, that they'll be educated towards coexistence. Now, grant you, this will take time. But we've seen it happen in other parts of the world and in the Gulf states themselves. We would welcome the participation of moderate Arab states in creating a different and better future for Gaza. This would also require that UNRWA, which perpetuates the Palestinian refugee problem, whose schools indoctrinate Palestinian children with genocide and terror, and from whose ranks sprang a dozen terrorist murderers who participated in the October 7th massacre, this UNRWA must be replaced by responsible aid agencies. We're at a pivot of history where the region can go either in the direction of light or in the direction of darkness. We won't allow Iran's forces of darkness to win. Our security and the future of the Middle East require total victory. Total victory over Hamas can bring us additional gifts of peace. Our doctrine of peace through strength has already brought us the Abraham Accords. Total victory will help us bring more historical peace agreements. Hamas is the obstacle blocking a better and more peaceful Middle East, and it's threatening Israel's security. The pressure of the world should be on destroying Hamas as quickly as possible, and not on preventing Israel from doing so. All those who yearn for peace should support our quest for total victory. Total victory for our security, total victory for peace in the region, total victory to secure our common future. Don't you wish we had a president like this? This is why Biden hates Netanyahu. This is why the enemies within our own country, the Hamas wing of the Democrat Party, Talib, Sanders, Omar, these lowlifes, these anti-Semites, these Marxist anti-Americans. This is why the pages of the New York Times, which has blood on its hands, covering up the Holocaust, doing so on behalf of Franklin Roosevelt, This is why they trash Netanyahu left and right. Joe Biden, Joe Scarborough, the Biden whisperer, day in and day out trashes Bibi Netanyahu because he's strong, he's not weak. He won't capitulate. He stands up. And this is why I am furious with those Republicans who voted the other day, yesterday, to deny this commander-in-chief 
the Churchill of our time the ability to acquire munitions manufactured by Americans, by American companies in the United States, so that they can defend themselves and continue to do the heavy lifting with their flesh and blood. Because God knows Biden is funding the Iranians. He is worse than appeasing the Iranians. He's rearmed them. They're now attacking our troops. And I'm going to give you more on Blinken. The Aldra Hiss part of Blinken. When we come back, I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, by the time you finish listening to this message, the U.S. government will print $8,300 in new money. That's every minute. That's 276 new dollars every single second. Money that won't go to defending our nation or improving our roads. It's wiping away the value of your dollar and your savings. I'm Mark Levin, and I have warned Americans about this crisis. That's why I'm recommending to all my listeners, diversify in precious metals while you still can. And the only gold company I strongly support is Advantage Gold, a five-star rated gold company. They can educate you with the real facts, including why gold may be the single best investment of this decade. Call them right now, folks. 800-900-8000. It's that simple. Tell them Mark Levin sent you, and they'll provide you with a 100% free Golden Shield Wealth Plan to show you exactly how to get started investing in gold right now. Don't wait until it's too late. That's 800-900-8000. 800-900-8000. Call them and remember to tell them you heard it from me, Mark Levin. Performance may vary, of course. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results. You should always consult your financial tax professional. The American media is so corrupt that if this particular media were around during World War II, I believe we would have lost to the Third Reich and the axis of evil. If Joe Biden were president then, I believe he would have sued for peace with the Third Reich, with Imperial Japan and fascistic Italy. Oh, I do. This crowd is worse than Worse than Neville Chamberlain. They're actually arming the enemy. They're funding the enemy while trying to starve our ally with the help of certain boneheads in Congress. I want to talk to you when we come back as Tablet writes, Lee Smith, the great reporter, high-level Iranian spy ring busted in Washington. Well, what is that? What is that under our Secretary of State, Antony Blinken? Was he not aware of this? Was he not aware that they were backdooring us on nuclear discussions? Oh, he was well aware. You need to know about what's going on in your country, folks. We already talked about impeachment, and we're not done with that. We've already talked about these issues with this outrageous rogue Biden court. We've talked about it, and we will again. But right now, I want to tell you what's going on in the belly of the beast and how it can destroy us and our allies. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. 
Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Welcome back, America, as we as we go through one of the most important shows I've ever done in 21 years. And we will have the first hour available to you, not only on MarkLevinShow.com, but also on Rumble and on YouTube, as we will this hour. I do want to say one thing directly to Anthony Blinken. Sue me. Sue me. You won't be able to sue me in Washington, D.C. You have to sue me in Florida. So you won't have a bunch of radical, left-wing, Obama, Biden judges to help you. But sue me. Sue me. For libel. I've spent a lot of my life in the law, most of it. Litigation, the Constitution. And what that would allow me to do, America is to pursue discovery. Every document, every text, every phone call, a myriad of depositions. Government information, cables, that apparently Congress is unable to obtain, but I would be able to obtain. I want to see it all. And I have the ability to finance it all. And I would spend every damn penny I have to expose this rat's nest that is destroying our country and our allies. Every damn penny. I would hire a phalanx of lawyers or every bit as aggressive and determined and brutal in the courtroom as I am. And I will get every shred of piece of information and I will counterclaim. I tell you what, I salivate over this. Do it. Do it. And I'm not done. I've discussed with you to some extent, and you've heard from others about Blinken the traitor. And there's so much more. But I can't do a Jerry Lewis telethon here. There's not enough time for that. But there's been a lot of writing about this Iranian high-level spy ring that was in Washington, D.C. What are you talking about, Mark? Isn't it amazing? Jake Tapper never covered it. Andrea Mitchell never covered it. The morning schmo and the schmoites, they don't cover it. They don't care. I care. New York Times, Maggie Haberman, it's all Trump all the time. Lee Smith is an intrepid investigative reporter. He writes for The Tablet, among other places. 
Title of his piece from a little over a year ago, High-Level Iranian Spy Ring Busted in Washington, D.C. What? Never heard of this? What? It wasn't on cable TV? What? Wasn't on talk radio? What? The trail that leads from Tehran to D.C. passes directly through the offices of Robert Malley and the International Crisis Group. Who's Robert Malley? We've talked about this. Boyhood buddy of Antony Blinken. Malley's father was a terrorist sympathizer and a Marxist. And Blinken thought this should be our special envoy negotiating with Iran over our nuclear weapons. Folks, this is so consequential. It is so consequential. It's too late when we have historians and writers right after the fact. Iran is going to get a nuclear weapon. I have the report right in front of me. Right in front of me. The Institute for Science and International Security. A real group. Not a political group. And in this document that they just released. Just released. For the first time. They have a Geiger counter. On Iran and nukes, for the first time, it says, we assess the situation as extreme danger. They bold it, they italicize it. And our Secretary of State is in the Middle East pounding away on Israel. Funding the Iranians. Don't tell me he's not a traitor. Now let's talk about the Aldra Hiss side of this thing. Smith writes, the Biden administration has now suspended Iran envoy. Robert Malley helped to fund, support, and direct an Iranian intelligence operation designed to influence the United States and allied governments, according to a trove of purloined Iranian government emails. Wow! Wow! How come that's not in the news? The emails, which were reported on by veteran Wall Street Journal correspondent Jay Solomon, writing in Semaphore, and by Iran International, the London-based emigre opposition outlet, which is the most widely read independent news source inside Iran, were published last week, a little over a year ago, after being extensively verified over a period of several months by two outlets, both of those outlets. They showed that Robert Malley had helped to infiltrate an Iranian agent of influence named Ariana Tabatabai. Into most, of the, into the most sensitive positions in the U.S. government. First at the State Department and now the Pentagon, where she's been serving as Chief of Staff for the Assistant Secretary of Defense for Special Operations, Christopher Meyer. How does this happen? I'm just reading the story. I'm just reading the story. Meyer told a congressional committee that the Defense Department is, quote, actively looking into whether all law and policy was properly followed in granting my chief of staff top-secret special compartmented information. This is the assistant secretary saying it, about his own chief of staff. The emails, which were exchanged over a period of several years between Iranian regime diplomats and analysts, show that Tabatabe was part of a regime propaganda unit set up in 2014 by the Iranian Foreign Ministry. The Iran Experts Initiative, IEI, tasked operatives drawn from Iranian diaspora communities to promote Iranian interests during the 
clerical regime's negotiations with the United States over its nuclear weapons program. Now, certainly Antony Blinken has read this by now, right? Blinken did this. Though several of the IEA operatives and others named in the emails have sought to portray themselves on social media as having engaged with the regime in their capacity as academic experts, or in order to promote better understanding between the U.S. and Iran, none has questioned the veracity of the emails, writes Lee Smith. And the contents of the emails are damning, showing a group of Iranian-American academics being recruited by the Iranian regime, meeting together in foreign countries to receive instructions from top regime officials, and pledging their personal loyalty to the regime, to the emails. They also show how the operatives use their Iranian heritage and Western academic positions to influence U.S. policy toward Iran, first as outside quote-unquote experts, and then from high-level U.S. government posts. Both inside and outside the government, the efforts of members of this circle were repeated, were repeatedly supported in advance by Robert Malley, who served as the U.S. government's chief interlocutor with Iran under both the Obama and the Biden administrations. And again, he was appointed to this envoy position by Antony Blinken. Malley is also the former head of the International Crisis Group, ICG, which directly paid and credentialed several key members of the regime's influence operation. The IEE, according to a 2014 email from one Iranian official to one of Iran's lead nuclear negotiators, quote, consisted of a core group of six to ten distinguished second-generation Iranians who've established affiliation with the leading international think tanks and academic institutions, mainly in Europe and the United States. The network was funded and supported by an Islamic Revolutionary Guards Corps official, Mustafa Zarani, who was the point of contact between IEA operatives and Iran's then Foreign Minister, Zavad Zarif. I got your attention now, America? This is happening in the Biden administration. This is happening in the Blinken Department of State. It's not the first time in our history. According to the correspondence, the IEI recruited several U.S.-based analysts, including Tabatabe, Ali Vayez, and Dina Efskadiri, all of whom willingly accepted Iranian guidance. These Middle East experts were then subsequently hired, credentialed, supported, and funded by Robert Malley and the ICG, where he was president from January 2018 until January 2021, when he joined the Biden administration. Malley was also ICG's program director for Middle East and North Africa before the Obama administration tapped him in February 2014 to run negotiations for the Iran nuclear deal. All roads lead to Obama. Fundamental transformation of America, don't you know? Vaiz joined the ICG in 2012 and served as Malley's top deputy. Emails quoted in the stories show that even once in government, Malley directed Vaiz's actions at the ICG, sending him to Vienna where the Iranian and U.S. teams had nuclear negotiations. Quote, following the order of his previous boss, Malley, Ali Vaiz will come to Vienna, Zarani reported wrote Zarif in an April 3, 2014 email, who from our group do you instruct to have a meeting with him? Baez wrote Zarif directly after the Iranian foreign minister expressed dissatisfaction with the ICG report in Iran. 
Quote, as an Iranian based on my national and patriotic duty, wrote Vaiz in an October 2014 email, I've not hesitated to help you in any way from proposing to your excellency a public campaign against the notion of nuclear breakout to assisting your team and preparing reports on practical needs of Iran. These emails likely explain why Vaiz was unable to obtain a security clearance by our government in order to join Mali in the Biden administration. At the same time, they raised the question of why Mali sought to bring Vaiz into the State Department in the first place, and why he remained in close operational contact with him even after he was denied a security clearance. So this guy's dealing with the Iranian regime. After the Iran deal, formerly known as the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action, JCPOA, Obama's sellout to Iran, after it was finalized in July 2015, the ICG hired another IEI operative as a consultant, Adnan Tabatabi. Not to be confused with the Pentagon official, Ariane Tabatabi. Now, like Vaiz, Anand Tabatabi also pledged to dedicate his efforts to the Iranian regime. Sounds like Omar, who's pledged, who's pledged to represent Somalia in Congress. Another terrorist regime. Stick with me. In an email from 2014, as the agreement was being negotiated, Adnan Tabatabi wrote to Zarif about the foreign minister's meeting in Vienna with IEI operatives. Quote, as you will have noticed, <coughs> we are all very much willing to dedicate our capabilities and resources to jointly working on the improvement of Iran's foreign relations. Iran is our country, so we too, we too feel the need and responsibility to contribute our share. When I say we, I mean the very group you met. This is in our government and government-associated organizations. In early 2021, shortly before he joined the Biden administration, Robert Malley brought a third IEI operative, Dina Esfandiore, into the ICG. ICG did not respond by press time to Tablet's email requesting comment on its employees' role in an Iranian spy ring. February 2021, Malley hired Ariana Tabatabi to join his Iran team at the State Department. The emails document her clawing determination to prove her worth to the Iranian regime. Shortly after the 2014 meeting in Vienna, she sent Zarani a link to an article she'd co-authored with Esfandieri. Quote, as I mentioned last week, Dean and I wrote an article about the nuclear fuel of nuclear power plant at Bashir for the bulletin, which was published today. Our goal was to show what is said in the West, that Iran does not need more than 1,500 centrifuges, is wrong, and that Iran should not be expected to reduce the number of its centrifuges. Zarani then forwarded the email to Zarif, the Iranian. You getting the drift here, Mr. Producer? All this back and forth with the Iranian regime in the State Department? Under... Antony Blinken? In June 2014, Ariana Tabatabe emailed Zarani to say she'd been invited to conferences in Saudi Arabia and Israel and asked for his prior approval of her trips. I'd like to ask your opinion, too, to see if you think I should accept the invitation and go, she wrote. Zarani replied that Saudi Arabia is a good case, but the second case, Israel, is better to be avoided. She responded, thank you very much for your advice. I will take action regarding Saudi Arabia and keep you updated on the progress. There's no record of her traveling to Israel. A month later, she again wrote Zarani, asking for additional instructions. She'd been invited to join academic experts Gary Samori, 
and William Toby to brief House members on the Foreign Relations, Armed Services, and Intelligence Committees. I'm scheduled to go to Congress to give a talk about the nuclear program, she wrote, uh, the IRGC. IRGC, that's the enemy. That's the Iranian military. I will bother you in the coming days. I will be a little difficult since both Will and Gary do not have favorable views of Iran. Zarani forwarded the email to Zarif. Ariane Tab- uh, Tabatabi's correspondence with Zarani offers clear evidence that Mali's protege was an active participant, writes Lee Smith, in a covert Iranian influence campaign designed to shape U.S. government policy in order to serve the interests of the Iranian regime. Her request for guidance from top Iranian officials, which she appears to have faithfully followed, and her desire to harmonize her own words and actions with regime, regime, regime objectives, are hardly the behavior of an impartial academic or a U.S. public service. Servant, that is. Tabatabi's emails show her enthusiastically submitting to the control of top Iranian officials, who then guided her efforts to propagandize and collect intelligence on U.S. and allied officials in order to advance the interests of the Islamic Republic. Does Congress have no interest in this whatsoever? Have the, has the Democrat Party... Seriously? Seriously? Become the party of Iran? More when I return. Mark Lovin. Does social engineering from leftist corporations make you feel like we're living in the twilight zone? Well, you're not alone. Pure Talk, my wireless company, knows the silent majority is fed up. And I urge all those Americans to stand with a company that champions your values. Those of you who always have your neighbors back, who pulled yourselves up by your bootstraps, who realize that a little bit of elbow grease can fix just about anything. Well, it's time to join your fellow patriots who fled their old wireless company for something better. Pure Talk. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network for half the price of the other guys. And with unlimited plans starting at just $20 a month, the average family saves almost $1,000 a year. And it's a veteran-owned company. Pure Talk is a company you can feel proud to do business with. Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin to join your fellow Americans and make the switch. That's puretalk.com slash Levin and save an additional 50% off your first month with Pure Talk. This is a three-hour course. You need to listen to the second half of the program so you see where this ends. This isn't even about the Middle East. This is going on in the United States Department of State. An Iranian spy ring that goes to the highest levels. Robert Manley reports directly to Tony Blinken. He's not there anymore. You want to know why we haven't hit Iran proper yet for what it's done to our troops? You want to know why over $100 billion directly and indirectly flowed into Iran to rearm Iran? Do you want to know why the Biden administration and especially the Secretary of State keeps trashing Israel, trashing the Prime Minister of Israel? Why the vast majority of Democrats last night voted against a single bill to fund Israel? You want to know why? I'm telling you why. Right here. 
More when I return. Does social engineering from leftist corporations make you feel like we're living in the twilight zone? Well, you're not alone. Pure Talk, my wireless company, knows the silent majority is fed up. And I urge all those Americans to stand with a company that champions your values. Those of you who always have your neighbors back, who pulled yourselves up by your bootstraps, who realize that a little bit of elbow grease can fix just about anything. Well, it's time to join your fellow patriots who fled their old wireless company for something better. Pure Talk. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network for half the price of the other guys. And with unlimited plans starting at just $20 a month, the average family saves almost $1,000 a year. And it's a veteran-owned company. Pure Talk is a company you can feel proud to do business with. Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin to join your fellow Americans and make the switch. That's puretalk.com slash Levin and save an additional 50% off your first month with Pure Talk. America's most powerful conservative voice, The Mark Levin Show. Dial in now, 877-381-3811. I could spend the show talking about uh, the reprobate Al Green being rolled out of the hospital to vote and so forth. How many times do you want to hear that? I'm talking about a dire and grave threat to the United States from within, empowering an enemy from without used to be that these were marquee headline stories. Now I'm the only one even talking about them and backing them up. So Lee Smith at the tablet goes on about the high-level Iranian spying busted in Washington right there in the Department of State, and part of it's in the Department of Defense. And you heard these various names. What you need to understand is you have people asking the regime, the foreign minister and his advisors over there in Iran, what words to use, who they should meet with, that we're with you, that we support you, that we represent you. Smith writes, it seems likely that by the time of her appointment to the Pentagon's Special Operations Office, Tabata Bey's covert activities on behalf of the Iranian regime were well known in the Biden administration and intelligence circles, certainly by the Secretary of State, you would think. Quote, the hoops you have to jump through to get a bare-bones, top-secret clearance, even without compartments of special access programs, are enormous, says Thoreau. They grill you on your foreign contacts, contacts with any foreign government, raise more red flags than Bernie Sanders' honeymoon, he says. Contacts with senior officials from enemy governments, classified as non-frat governments like Russia, China, Cuba, and Iran, are in a different category altogether, what would normally be totally disqualifying. So somebody had to intervene and, and wave her through. I'll find out in discovery. I will find out if this traitor Blinken wants to challenge me in court. There's also the fact that as early as 2014, as tablet is reported, the Obama administration was spying on Israeli officials and their contacts within the United States, including U.S. lawmakers and pro-Israel activists. You remember that? The fact that U.S. intel services routinely disobeyed guidelines preventing them from unmasking the identities of U.S. persons recorded in transcripts of foreign intelligence intercepts has been exhaustively demonstrated in a long series of U.S. government reports, congressional investigations, and other reporting. 
since Zarif's communications. That's the uh, foreign minister. And the IRGC's communications, that is the military wing of the Islamo-Nazi regime, were also collected. U.S. officials would have known about the IEI, hold on, and about the names of those working on behalf of Iran, such as Vayez and Tabatabi. Thoreau suggests that a range of U.S. authorities would have likely known about Mali's involvement with the IEI as well. And then Mali, remember, appointed by Blinken, Blinken's boyhood friend, would have been well aware of what they knew. Quote, when I was on the National Security Council, the National Security Agency would call to alert me. Well, my name had popped up in a conversation among bad actors, Thoreau recalls. The facts of Robert Malley's involvement are envoy to Iran, who worked directly for the Secretary of State Blinken. With the IEI and its agents are likely to have been old news within the Biden administration. The impending publication of the IEI emails, remember this uh, a little over a year ago, is likely the reason why Malley was put on leave in April and had his security clearances suspended. And as news of emails and their impending publication circulated in Washington, the administration moved him to the sidelines before Republican officials had the chance to demand his head on a spike. Why an Iranian operative is still at the Pentagon as I speak, especially in a job that gives her daily access to classified information that puts the country's most sensitive military operations at risk is another matter entirely. Quote, the optimistic reading, says Thoreau, is that they were watching her to see what she does, and the FBI has her apartment all teched up. But to be an optimist, you have to believe the FBI is clean, rather than see this as a huge counterintelligence failure. Though, of course, it's not a failure if they were complicit, he says. Meanwhile, they have to Trump's documents, Mr. Magician. They've criminally charged Donald Trump and want to throw him in prison, former president. For documents. Nobody's been criminally charged here. The spying or conspiracy with Blinken, collusion, nobody. Nobody. So far, however, the evidence points to a less optimistic reading, writes Smith. The Biden administration allowed Malley to push an Iranian agent into sensitive national security positions because she was the best equipped to carry out the administration's own policy. That is, to appease a terror regime with American blood on its hands. And it's doing it right now, damn it! Because the number of American officials who want to be responsible for protecting Iran's nuclear weapons program is limited. The White House went outside the federal bureaucracy for someone who is well-connected to the regime and would relish the job of advancing the regime's interest. An Iranian spy. Congress needs to demand the Biden White House make Mali and Tabatabi available to testify immediately. It must also press to interview the security officials who buried evidence of her covert activities, putting her in a position to endanger the lives of American civilians and special forces operators. It's time to find out why the interests and now the personnel of the Iranian death to America regime intersect so frequently with those of America's own ruling party. Hasn't been done yet. When Antony Blinken goes to the Middle East, he's a special pleader for Iran. He never mentions Iran. 
When our military hits Iranian surrogates, it gives them a heads up. It delays. We don't want a wider war with Iran. They say it over and over again. They don't hit main sites in Iran. I saw the great General Jack Kane on on the Fox the other day. He was absolutely fantastic about, well, this is what we ought to do. You want to put an end to this, but they won't. And if it causes Americans to die, so be it. If Israelis are fodder for the terrorists, so be it. And you will notice when Blinken goes to the Middle East, he's there for one reason, not to organize a coalition to protect you and me, America, from an Iranian nuclear missile, but to try and destroy and usurp the one man who's standing between Iran and us, Benjamin Netanyahu. There's nobody else in the world. There's no president. There's no prime minister. There's no monarch. There's no dictator. It's him, and that's all there is. Nothing else. Which is why they hate him and hate Trump. We had a high-level Iranian spy ring in our country, in the Department of State, under our envoy to Iran, who was appointed by Blinken and rubber-stamped by Biden. No accountability whatsoever. Virtually no media reporting whatsoever. And it gets worse. It gets worse. But before I explain that, you better stick with me, because this affects you. Your children, your grandchildren, it affects you. Because I'm going to drop the next shoe. Stick with me, folks. Stick with me. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Does social engineering from leftist corporations make you feel like we're living in the twilight zone? Well, you're not alone. Pure Talk, my wireless company, knows the silent majority is fed up. And I urge all those Americans to stand with a company that champions your values. Those of you who always have your neighbors back, who pulled yourselves up by your bootstraps, who realize that a little bit of elbow grease can fix just about anything. Well, it's time to join your fellow patriots who fled their old wireless company for something better. Pure Talk. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network for half the price of the other guys. And with unlimited plans starting at just $20 a month, the average family saves almost $1,000 a year. And it's a veteran-owned company. Pure Talk is a company you can feel proud to do business with. Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin to join your fellow Americans and make the switch. That's puretalk.com slash Levin and save an additional 50% off your first month with Pure Talk. I'm not done, folks. Now, I'm not playing a typical talk radio show host trick. In fact, I never do that. But I have a little bit more that's going to go beyond this segment. So I'm, rather than chop it up, I'm going to wait till the beginning of the next hour. In hour three, which is always a powerful hour anyway. And I should also tell you that uh, after the first segment in hour three, we're going to have our friend Tim Scott on the program. Uh, who's just fantastic. He's getting better by the day. And if President Trump did pick him as his running mate, he could do a lot worse. 
and I know there's a lot of very good people out there, so I don't want to say one or the other. I'm just saying uh, he would be quite special. I want you to hiss to Talib. Talib is the representative of Islamic Jihad, Hamas, Hezbollah, and uh, all the other terrorist organizations in the Middle East. Take a listen to this, Mr. Producer, go. Here we go again. Sending $17.6 billion U.S. tax dollars with no conditions attached to Netanyahu's extremist government to drop more bombs on innocent Palestinians. The Israeli government has already killed 27,000 people. 11,500 of them were children. I'm tired of my colleagues. That's a lie. She knows it's a lie, but she doesn't care. She's a Democrat, and she represents terrorists and Islamists in the United States Congress. Go ahead. I don't really like Netanyahu. Well, then why are we sending him billions of dollars with no conditions? He literally is telling us over and over again what his intention is. I'm tired of my colleagues coming and whispering to me, Rashida, I support a two-state solution. Great. Then send money that conditions for a two-state solution because Netanyahu has over and over again told ah, us. Ah, shut up, you commie bastard. God almighty. She represents Dearborn, Michigan. I think she does. I could be wrong. Oh, and don't criticize Dearborn, Michigan just because the imams are Jew haters. Wow. So many of them anyway, they're on the internet. Go ahead and look at it. I want to thank Newsbusters who had the guts to post some of it. Don't talk about jihadis and Dearborn. Come on, Mark. That's not nice. That's not fair. As Jews all over the country who go to colleges and universities that they help fund are hiding in place. They have to take off their... Star David. They have to take off their their uh, yarmulkes. They they have to hide uh, the fact that they're affiliated with these Hillel uh, organization and so forth. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But Dearborn is jihadi central. I thought they were proud of it. Ladies and gentlemen, educate yourselves. Who cares what the media say? Don't be intimidated. Don't be threatened. I'm not. In any way, come hell or high water, you go on the internet and you look up Dearborn, Michigan, and you look at the video that's there. You go to memory. You go to uh, camera.org. You go to Newsbusters. You go anywhere you want. It's all over the place. All over the place. And this is Joe Biden's base. It's his base. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. 
is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number... 877-381-3811-877-381-3811. This is Radio Free America. Radio Free America, right here. I just posted on my social platforms a link to a video by memory, M-E-M-R-I dot org. I told you this is a fantastic group, and that's why they're under attack. And they put together a compilation of the peaceful protests and the peaceful statements of one imam after another in in Dearborn, Michigan. You ought to check it out. I challenge every news platform in America to play it so their audience can make their own decision about what's going on in Dearborn, Michigan. I challenge Media Matters to post it. I challenge Mediaite to post it. I challenge Drudge to post it. Why not? Let the people decide. Rather than telling what the people to think. Or characterizing people like me. Oh, you're this, you're that. He said that. You don't have to do any of that. You can post all my audio. It's right there on MarkLevinShow.com. But do post the video. And the audience ought to look at it, listen to it, the American people, and decide for themselves if they're comfortable with what's going on in Dearborn, Michigan. Now, Dearborn, Michigan is ground zero for the Biden campaign. It's ground zero for the Biden campaign. Now, watch the video. It's there for the whole world to see. I've linked to it. I've made it easy for the millions and millions of you who are listening. And draw your own conclusions. Because you see, they'll try and shut me up and try and shut up memory. And even the Wall Street Journal editorial page, for all its faults, they allowed this gentleman to write an op-ed. The man who's in charge of memory. And of course, they're being threatened. Everybody's being threatened. Are we going to get an apology? Well, wait a minute. What is going on in Dearborn, Michigan that they don't want us to know? There's a lot going on. And you ought to check it out. This is what happens in totalitarian regimes when you have a media like this. Don't look there. Don't say that. We decide what the truth is. We decide what the facts are. We decide what words you can use. We decide what values you'll have. We will decide what you can think. We will decide what's proper and what's not proper. That's that's where we are. That's not where I am. Now, before we bring Tim Scott on, there is a report by a very reputable organization, not right-wing, not left-wing, Institute for Science and International Security. They want to think about that name. I guess it goes by ISIS, Mr. Producer, but nonetheless. The Iran threat Geiger counter reaching extreme danger. Now, we talked at length first hour, talked at length second hour. Now, here's where the rubber hits the road. A national security threat is typically posed by a combination of hostile intentions and capabilities. 
The threat from Iran's nuclear program is no exception. This just came out. You haven't heard this on any news platform in America. Conservative, liberal, Democrat, imbecile, none. Why? The Iran threat Geiger counter from the Institute for Science and International Security measures on a regular basis Iran's hostile actions and intentions toward the United States and U.S. allies and its capability to turn those hostile intentions into action. The potential or actual construction of nuclear weapons. As with the radiation levels measured by a Geiger counter, any level above zero represents a degree of danger. Since May 2023, the date of the last edition of the counter, the Geiger counter, the threat posed by Iran's nuclear program has increased dramatically. This increased threat has been in part fueled by the Hamas terrorist attacks on Israel on October 7, Israel's subsequent invasion of Gaza, and subsequent attacks carried out by Iranian-backed proxy groups, including Palestinian Islamic Jihad, Hezbollah, and Arnsa Allah, that is the Houthis. The volatile situation in the region is providing Iran with a unique opportunity and amplified internal justification for building nuclear weapons while the United States and Israel's resources to detect and deter Iran from succeeding are stretched thin. Oh, but we have these 13, 14 members of the Freedom Caucus. Look, we can't vote for this unless there's an offset with the internal revenues. Good God. You guys have your heads up your asses. It's unbelievable. You see what's going on? The ongoing conflicts are leading to the neglect of the Iranian nuclear threat at a time when Iran's nuclear weapons capabilities have never been greater. Coupled with decreased transparency over its nuclear program, you know who's complaining about that? The UN, for God's sakes. We are facing the real possibility that Iran may choose to weaponize its nuclear capabilities and build nuclear weapons. There was an article the other day that said they can do it in a week. These grave and concerning changes have led the Institute to raise the total threat score to 151 out of 180. 151 out of 180, up from 140 in May 2023, and assessed as extreme danger. For the first time, the counter has ever reached this level. And there's our Secretary of State, the State of Confusion doing exactly what he intends to do. And let me tell you a little secret. You ready for this, America? Obama, Biden, Blinken, and Sullivan, they want Iran to have a nuclear weapon. First of all, if they didn't, they'd be acting completely differently, wouldn't they? So why do they want it to have a nuclear weapon? Because they want a realigned Middle East, as others have written, like Michael Dolan. And in order to do that, Israel must be weaker, And Israel's enemies must be stronger. And that's Iran. Now this is insanity. This is suicide. And that's why I call Blinken a traitor. And that's why this spy ring was able to operate within the State Department under Blinken for as long as it did. And with Biden's blessing. No questions from any of the media to the dim-witted press secretary ever, ever about the spy ring. Ever about Iran and the nukes. You hear nothing. And what about this Geiger counter from this, this highly regarded think tank? Not a word. This just came out. 
The current score of 151 is the extreme danger territory. Most of the points are the result of Iran's hostile actions and rhetoric against the United States and its allies, combined with the fact that Iran's nuclear breakout time remains at zero. In other words, now! The rest result from Iranian progress on developing sensitive nuclear capabilities, increasing its nuclear weaponization efforts beyond breakout, and inadequate transparency over its nuclear program. They've thrown out the U.N. now. The scores have increased across the board since May 2023, moving the overall threat score to extreme danger. That's okay. We got to get Trump, you know. Trump. Got to get Trump. Jake Tapper is very busy representing Hamas. Got to get Trump. And it goes through in detail. Have I posted this yet, Mr. Producer? I didn't hear you. Have I posted this yet? All right, so our Geiger counter, this, this scholarly report is on my platforms. And I encourage you, if you can't read it all, at least read the summary and pass it around. Because this nation is facing a dire threat from Iran and from within. From a traitor who's the Secretary of State, from a spy ring worse than Al Hiss ever did within the Department of State and in the Biden administration, and an effort to really weaken, if not destroy, the state of Israel. Because that's what Iran wants. And then a nuclear weapon, which tops it off. And once they get a nuke, there's no turning back. Can you imagine? This is why they have not hit Iran yet, because they are special pleaders for Iran, Every one of those people in that spy ring should have been arrested by now. I don't know that any has been. Any. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. just say this before we go to our great friend Senator Tim Scott. There will be an effort I don't know when to try and shut me down and shut down this show. There will be. It'll be concerted and we'll see what uh, media platforms crumble under that. There will be some that will. But I ain't going anywhere. And we have our friend Senator Tim Scott. You know Senator Scott it would seem to me you've known Nikki Haley a long time. And when you're running against nobody in Nevada and you lose by a crushing defeat where nobody gets over 60% and you get something in the 30s, don't you think it's time to hang it up? Martin Levin, I tell you, I've always said it. I said it about you on the air. I said it when you're not listening to me. I said it when you're nowhere in the same state. You just speak the truth. The bottom line is a very simple bottom line, Mark. When you lose... When you lose to no one on the ballot, it is time to hang it up, endorse Donald Trump, and move on. Because the American people, the conservative movement, is squarely behind Donald Trump. Undeniable, unequivocal, time for us to focus on the disaster called Joe Biden. The disaster of terrible foreign policy. The disaster of failing economics for poor people, middle-class Americans, working-class Americans, people working paycheck to paycheck, and a disaster for our allies. Every moment we're not talking about Joe Biden, 
is an abdication of our responsibility as leaders of the conservative movement. We need to rally behind Donald Trump right now, Mark. I mean, she's embarrassing and humiliating herself. She's going on TV and she's she's saying, you know, the Republicans need to have bipartisan legislation. We don't need to have bipartisan legislation if the legislation is even worse than the problem. What kind of thinking is that? Think about Immigration. it, Mark. You're 100% right, Mark. The truth is, on the current bill that was being proposed that I voted against today, and it failed, thankfully, it would allow up to 5,000 illegal immigrants in our country every day. 365, the number of days in a year, except for this is leap year, Mark. That's 366. That's another 5,000 on top of last year on average. That's 1.8 million illegal immigrants. To codify that as law is to make us complicit with the liberal progressive party that wants open borders. We cannot be that party. I don't want to associate myself with a party that says, Illegal immigration, the greatest invasion in American history, is brought to you by Republicans and Democrats. Mm -hmm. Count me out. And, you know, uh, we have Joe Biden, who a month ago, his secretary of DHS, all their mouthpieces in the media, Schumer, Hakeem Jeffries, and the rest in the conga line, telling us a month ago the border was secure. You've been in those hearings. The border is secure. He says it's secure. Now, all of a sudden, it's not secure, and it's Trump's fault, MAGA's fault, and everybody's fault but Joe Biden. You think they're going to get away with these flat-out psychopath-type lies? You know, the good news is when you look at the polls, the polls suggest, polls don't vote, but they suggest that Donald Trump has taken the lead in the battleground states because Americans like common sense and they're turning away from the national media that seems to be in lockstep with Joe Biden and his reelection. Think about the fact in Georgia, in North Carolina, in West Virginia, not really a battleground state, by the way, in Ohio, in Montana, in Pennsylvania, President Trump leads Joe Biden. Why? Because the number one issue is the invasion coming across our southern border. The number one issue is whether or not Joe Biden is allowing sleeper cells to exist in our country because he allows our southern border to be wide open. I'm not suggesting he wants them. I am, however, suggesting that when you let 10 million illegal immigrants in our country, the consequence of that is putting American lives in jeopardy unnecessarily. That's why we are better off with Trump. And frankly, the number two issue is our economy. And Mark, you and I know it. People living paycheck to paycheck are being decimated under Joe Biden's Bidenomics. Inflation, 18% since he's taken office. That means people living paycheck to paycheck have to make a decision of rationing medicine, rationing gas, rationing energy, rationing food. This is a real crisis for Americans. And Joe Biden wants you to believe that it's Donald Trump's fault or the Republicans' fault when he had every tool he needed to close the southern border 
If Donald Trump got it done without legislation, Joe Biden can too. He refused to do so. You know, Senator, I've offered on this radio show a million dollars to Joe Biden uh, that I can prove to him that he has the power right now to begin to secure that border. A million dollars. I'll use American dollars. He can use Chinese currency. He can do whatever he wants. But I'm saying a million dollars on the table right now that I'm right and he's wrong. Now, I know that's not going to happen. But still, you know, I know, Biden knows and the media know that he has the power today to do this. It's a power that's been exercised for half a century, not just to secure a border, but to deport people. And one of the problems with this bill is not only the 5,000 number and all the legalese that's in there, if it hits a certain number, how many days, but there's language in there that a president can scuttle the whole thing if he thinks it's in our national security interest to have 10,000 people a day or 20,000 a day. And if Biden won't enforce the current law, what would stop him from exercising that authority under this supposed law? Not a single thing, Mark. That's the problem. You codify catch and release into our country. You make it easier for the Democrats, the liberals, the progressives, the people who don't like America as we are. You allow them to say that it was conservatives that agreed to keep the border open. It was conservative who, uh, conservatives who agreed on an asylum policy change. It was conservatives who agreed with allowing people into our country without a proper vetting system. We need to have black and white, right and wrong, left and right. We stand with common sense. We stand with the American people. We stand on closing our southern border. We stand on, let's finish the wall. Don't sell the pieces. The construction material has been sold off by the Biden administration. That does not sound like an emergency on our southern border. They're trying to game, literally game the American people because his poll numbers are down. This is not an actual issue of solving the problem of the border. This is solving the problem with voters. Senator, if you have time, I'd like to hold you for one more segment after the break here, because we now have Chris Christie, who says that Donald Trump cannot get elected if he's found guilty of just one felony. Uh, It's almost as if we have people in the Republican Party, the disgruntled former friends of Trump or former employees and so forth, who want him to be found guilty by these phony charges in these phony courtrooms. I want to ask you about that when we return. We'll be right back. Mark Levin, the thunder on the right. Call in now, 877-381-3811. We're here with Senator Tim Scott, who is uh, on the short list, potentially, to be the number two on the Trump ticket. Is it not weird, Senator Scott, that we have people like Chris Christie and others actually rooting for Donald Trump to be convicted of some felony in in a corrupt a situation in Georgia, corrupt situation in New York, this outrageous situation in uh, in uh, Washington and so forth? They're actually rooting for this. They want Biden to win or they're thinking of running no labels. Maybe they should win like Chris Christie. What do you make of that? Uh, nothing whatsoever. Unbelievable. We need a united party behind Donald Trump. We were better off 
under Trump. Let me give you, Mark, five crystal clear reasons why we need Donald Trump and any Republican that takes any votes away from our next president, Donald Trump, is actually leading to the destruction and perhaps the decimation of another American century. Number one, the border. Under Joe Biden, we've had the greatest invasion in the history of the country. And since October, more than a million people have crossed our border illegally. Mark, we know hundreds on our national security watch list crossed our southern border. Number two, crime is devastating. Community after community after community. Joe Biden and the progressives have preached the gospel of defund the police. It was President Trump that restored law and order. It was President Trump that stood with respect. And we should refund, refund the police, the poorest communities. Oftentimes, black people, Hispanics, are being devastated by crime. They want law and order, which means that President Trump, over 40% in the Hispanic community, over 40% of black men looking for Trump to be the next president. Number three, if you are a millennial, you cannot buy a home because of Joe Biden, high inflation, high interest rates, and low opportunity. Number four, the polarization we see in America. Joe Biden, he's the guy that said, you ain't black if you don't vote for him. Can you imagine, Mark, if that was a Republican saying that? Can you imagine the kind of disaster? No, it's unbelievable. I can't even imagine. And number five, Mark, believe it or not, weaponizing the justice system against political opponents while protecting your own family and Democrats has become the way of life under Joe Biden. And it gets worse. The Treasury Department, I'll say this tomorrow during my hearings, the Treasury Department has actually been using keyword searches like if you put in MAGA, if you are looking to buy a Bible, if you're going to the Bass Pro Shop, they're using keywords to target conservatives and religious people. It sounds like the Obama years when the IRS targeted Jewish groups, Christian groups, and conservatives. We cannot have the United States government weaponized against people with a conservative philosophy, Republicans, and religious communities. It is wrong. Now, you're 100% right. And uh, I want to thank you, Senator, for the way you express yourself. You've got a lot of emotion behind this. You love your country. And, um, and I want to wish you all the best. I've gotten to know you. You're really a stand-up guy. You're solid. You're principled. You come under a lot of vicious racial attacks from the left, both blacks, whites, and others. And I'm sorry about that. <clears throat> others thank have you, as Mark. well. And uh, it's really grotesque. But that said, you're very courageous. You stand up. You say what you need to say. And I want to thank you, Senator Scott. God bless you, my friend. 
Thank you, Marcus. Thank you for those kind comments. I will say without any question, Mark Levin tells the truth. Keep listening. Thank Thank you, Mark. God bless you, my friend. Oh, I get it. They'll come up with some excuse. It'll be okay. I'm not going anywhere. And uh, that's a fact. I'm not even worried about it, to be perfectly honest with you. You know, even though we're coming towards the end of this show, we have about 20 minutes left. What we're going to do is put online, put on our platforms, Mr. Producer, all our social platforms, two links to Rumble. Am I correct about that, Rich? Two links to Rumble. The first link will be uh, Tony Blinken, essentially, traitor. The second link will be the spy ring, the Iranian spy ring that existed under Tony Blinken. And I'm hoping you'll share. I I don't get any money for this. I don't get any pat on the back for this. I do this because I'm a believer in this country and believer in securing this country. It's that simple. I hope you will take these two links. It's so simple, isn't it? To attach it to an email, attach them, and circulate them everywhere. And the bottom line is we are now facing a true nuclear threat from a terrorist country that has, through its surrogates, killed American soldiers even before this. You watch Tunnel to Towers, you watch Wounded Soldiers, you watch all these commercials, all these remarkable young men mostly and some young women who've been brutalized by these people. Those are our people. Our people. Did you notice October 7th occurs and immediately Biden and Blinken and their surrogates say, Iran, we have no direct links to Iran? What? Iran's bragging. They kill three American soldiers. And we haven't touched one inch of Iran's territory, not an inch. Blinken goes to the Middle East and he attacks Israel. He and his surrogates in the media attack Netanyahu day in and day out. Because Netanyahu stands between the terrorists and liberty. Blinken has sided with the wrong side. And something he said today was so contemptible. His moral equivalency, because the guy has no morals. Look at him, he's cold-blooded. We lost soldiers to the end of Afghanistan. We left American citizens still in Afghanistan. They considered a victory. They led the Ukrainians astray. They wouldn't give them the weapon systems that they needed early in the war. They have a decisive victory over Russia. I'm sorry, I'm not a Russia file. I don't even want to interview Putin. I don't give a damn what the guy says. What does he mean to me? Nothing. I mean, you might as well head, interview uh, the head of Hamas or whatever. I'm not against people can interview whomever they want, but I'm not one of them. Any more than I want to interview Xi. Another mass murder. History's a funny thing. History, the facts eventually shake out. Blinken will have chapter after chapter written about him for the next thousand years. How he sabotaged the state of Israel while pretending to support it. How he sided with the terrorists and the terrorist regimes. 
how he's worked with the Iranians through a spy network effectively to arm the Iranians with nuclear weapons because of his ideology. It's his ideology, Friedman's ideology, the ideology of the of the pseudo-intelligentsia. If that's not a traitor, I don't know what is. Meanwhile, Donald Trump's bogged down on documents on January 6th. And you better believe Biden has orchestrated the whole damn thing. But he hasn't put his fingerprints on everything. He doesn't have to. They just leaked to the New York Times. And all of the uh, reprobates read the New York Times. Because the New York Times Corporation, it has blood on its hands too. And so they need to take out Trump and they need to take out Netanyahu. Because these are really the two men who stand between us and totalitarianism and tyranny. And so they turn Trump into Hitler, and they turn Netanyahu into a Nazi. Think about it. Think about it. Talk about an insurrection. Where's the evidence that Trump led an insurrection? Where's the evidence that he told the military to stand down? The evidence is the opposite. Where's the evidence that he helped arm them, that he even knew they were armed? They weren't armed. Where's the evidence that he coordinated this? There's no evidence. This is the most investigated issue in human history. There's nothing. They don't have a text message. They don't have an email. They don't have a syllable. They don't have crap suggesting that Donald Trump wanted an insurrection on January 6th. Nothing. Zero. Or they would have charged him with it. They would have leaked it already. Not one person who has served prison time or is in prison today or is going to prison, has been charged with an insurrection. Not one. And you have this fraud, Pan, and these other frauds, this, this panel of circuit court judges, left-wing liberals. One of them is just a joke, appointed by Bush, and then the other two, as it turns out, are appointed by Biden. And the one that we talk about, Pan, her husband's one of the Pan scum that went after Kavanaugh. And lied through his teeth. Both of them. Well, that's a resume enhancer, of course. I'm sure Lindsey Graham voted for it. You know, you have the right to have whoever you want on the... No, you don't, you idiot. You have a role. You're in the Senate. I'll be right back. Mark in. Mr. Producer, to whom shall I speak? Deborah in Massachusetts on XM Satellite. Deborah, how are you? Yes, I'm good. How are you? Very well, thank you. So it's my first time calling in. I've been hearing you for like the past like two months. No, I'm not nervous. Yes, yes. I've been hearing you for the past two months, which Mm -hmm. is great. Um, Don't know much about politics and whatever but i've been learning listening to you mm-hmm. and honestly i am um i i moved here when i was 11 years old 1994 mm-hmm. um i was you know i had to get my green card i did everything correctly in portugal i'm mm-hmm. from portugal azores and i think which by the whole, way is a great like, country but anyway go right ahead 
No, it is. But like I, I came here, my my father, so his brother lived here and like used his citizenship to get us here. He did it legally. We okay. waited literally seven years to get to this country. <laughs> when I moved to this country, I had my social security card. I had my green card. I had to work. I had to go to school. I didn't speak English. I did what I had to do. We came here legally. Mm-hmm. And I am pissed. Honestly, mm-hmm. I am angry of how our country has become because, honestly, I had to become a citizen. And that's fine. But you have to live here for, like, back then was, like, five to ten years. And you have to be mm-hmm. 18 years old to become a citizen. And you have to take a fucking stupid test that most Americans wouldn't even pass a test, okay? Mm-hmm. Half of the people there couldn't even speak English. Um, I had to do all that. I had to pay Listen, that. I have to go. I want you to call back. You're exactly the kind of person that America needs, quite frankly. And, uh, and your English is superb, by the way. It's better than Joe Biden's, but then again, whose isn't? So please call again. I want to salute all you heroes out there, all you patriots who took the time to listen to this three-hour program. And I think we'll walk away knowing a hell of a lot and be very concerned. And I will see you all, thank God, all of you, tomorrow.